Welcome back to Mages and Murder Dads, the best show dedicated to the Baldur's Gate franchise and beyond. I'm Cameron, and I play Ticklevar, the Sorcerer. And I am Danny, and I play Balthazar, the Barbarian. This is episode 28, and this time we're going to be talking about the Windspear Hills. Uh, if you've listened to previous episodes, you know that I cannot say Windspear Hills. It's taken multiple weeks of practicing just to get to this level of confidence. So I'm probably just going to call it Windspear. I'm just going to call it the heels. Oh, I've done so good so far, though. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't called a single you thing a heel. No. No. Um, I apologize to the listeners for my voice this week. I've just had a terrible, terrible summer illness, and uh, I think it makes me sound a little nasally. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's good to mix it up occasionally. That's fine. Maybe this will solve the uh, voice differentiation problem. So if you like this uh, episode that you're about to hear, you can hit like here on this page you can also hit subscribe for this channel which always helps us out we're getting very close to a thousand subscribers and that's uh very exciting i think mm-hmm. a real milestone it's a real milestone uh i'm pretty sure that youtube sends us a check for one million dollars uh when that happens so it's going to be a real game changer for us you can also follow us both on twitter you can see that down in the description below you can hit like on facebook which would be super sweet we, we post some updates there i've posted a meme or two over on that uh, on that Facebook channel, and a uh, huge shout out to the people who comment uh, and and talk about these videos across all the different places where these videos exist. Uh, we like talking about it. And if you like the show and you want to support it, you can always give us money on Patreon. Absolutely, yeah, that's like a pretty big thing. Danny just bought a big old PC. Mm-hmm. It's going to be used for a lot of new channel stuff. It's mm-hmm. going to be very important. And uh, and we're really looking forward to the content we're going to be able to create with that PC. Mm-hmm. We 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 like to do those uh, those videos where we play games together. Now we're opening it up to the wide world of like terrible internet games, mm, weird stuff just, out there. Just weird, just Grand Theft Auto clones mm. from here to there. And every Danny does not like that. <laughs> that might be a that might be a regular series in the same way that the Elminster Minute was a regular series, right? The Elminster Minute can only go so far. I'm going to bring that back. There's going to be one episode, like two episodes from now, episode thirty, Elminster Minute comes back, but it's actually it's five minutes. Oh, Elminster's <laughs> decade. Oh, get in. Um. So 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 we're we're gonna forego the big question I think this week. Uh, There's a lot of episode. stuff here. There's a lot. This is this is I think I'll, I'll preface all of this by saying that I think that the wind wind spear almost <laughs> got me. Uh, mm-hmm. Wind spear is uh, the most. Um, or one of the most, if there's a spectrum between, like, module and random shit that occurs in a location, this is closer to module. Uh, mm. You know, it feels very self-contained. There's a beginning, middle, and end. There's, like, a little quest to go on. There's not a lot of additional content to this area. You're, you're kind of doing one thing. Um, feels very. It's very linear, very, very classic dungeon-y, I think. Yeah, which I think one way to kind of further differentiate it some so like uh, an area in wow or in an mmo are often called quest hubs where you go there and there's multiple lines and maybe like in a really good quest hub like in in a well-designed zone there might be those 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 things kind of intertwine into an overall arc right Mm -hmm. so in uh in the barons you have kind of this overall arc of like the wailing caverns and like many different quests wind you there but this this area is all about one storyline absolutely it is it is a uh kind of like a mini game Mm -hmm. in and of itself and i kind of appreciate that like like we just had uh trade meet last episode which which we both really liked i think yeah, um, but it was much more kind of quest hubby. Like you know, it was like go do this thing, come back, do this other thing, uh, do this side quest. Uh, this here, this one only had like one quest, and then I guess the side quest of the dryads, correct? Mm, which that in in one way or another, there are basically two ways that you get sent here, and that's kind of the first, like the, in the very beginning of the game, you get alerted to the fact that you can go to the Windspear Hills and. 
That's the first way. And then what was the second way? Let's kind of like catch everybody up in terms of why did we come here? So, so yeah, so that very first way, if people remember all the way back in Irenicus's dungeon, like it's literally first episode level far back. Mm-hmm. And they say, yeah, we're, if you remember, they were the people, uh, the dryads who were enslaved by Irenicus to like make him feel emotion. They were kind of his like um, slave concubine kind of things. And so if you give over their um, seeds to the dryad queen, then, um, then she can teleport them out of there mm-hmm. so that's, well that's she, yeah she's she's able to liberate them by replanting their seeds or mm-hmm. what have you yeah so that's the first way now what's the second way second and this way. is the way that i was like talking to you and i was, and I was very hazy on <laughs> what the second way was because it was also pretty early yeah yeah this is uh the first when we're in this in the copper coronet remember there's all those different characters that you could recruit and and uh, it was in the slums, of course. We broke up the kind of slaving slash cage fighting ring that was going on in there. All mm-hmm. the different kind of stuff. There's a dude named Lord Jardin Faircrag who was there. And he said, oh, Lordy, come on out to the Windspear Hills. You know what? And I think that's one of the reasons why this just kind of got all, all blurred together. Because there were two different lords that were looking to, like, liberate their property. In the in the copper core. That's true. Because there was also Nalia there. It was like, yeah, I've been overrun by my property. My keep's been overrun by monsters. Mm-hmm. And so I, I and I, I imagine like there was this Jordan Fearcrag who also wanted to do that. And I probably just kind of conflated them in my mind. I mean, there's a lot. There's like 14 different like uh, quest beginnings in that in that one location. Yeah, and most of them, Balthazar's just tuning out because Balthazar does not recruit people. Mm-hmm. So that also happened. So what happened when you finally got here? So this was, and I want to talk about this because this was very disorienting. Mm-hmm. So I roll in, and there are a group, there's there's a little gaggle of monsters, right? That's, it, this it, is the first thing I see. It, the little gaggle of monsters looks a lot like the gaggle of monsters that we saw in the Umar Hills. The kind of ragtag band of demi-humans. Yeah, it looks like a, a ragtag band of demi-humans, and they're all red. So Balthazar just just goes ham on these on these fellows. You didn't have uh, any dialogue beforehand. Mm, gosh, I can't remember exactly, but I, I do think that they they said something, but it didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I remembered that, and then after it was over, they were red. So I I thought, well, maybe I missed something. What what is that? What exactly did they tell you? They're like Avasti scoundrels. Like they don't. Oh uh, my gosh! Like they, yeah. they, you know, they they they're speaking in full sentences. They're not speaking in in what you might stereotypically think of as like how a demi human speaks in the Forgotten Realms. But I guess that didn't that didn't uh, code strangely to me because of my experience in actually parlaying with demi humans before, right? Mm-hmm. So I like that didn't strike me as odd. Because I've already had experience in di- like actually engaging with diplomacy yeah. with people that look like this. Think all the way back to Siege of Dragonspear and uh, all those orcs that you recruited. Yeah, and the like a band of ogres, etc. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess I guess they they've said something, but that didn't strike me as strange. And then uh, they they attack me, and it's just a bad idea, it's just a very bad idea. And immediately after, a um. Someone approaches me and says, "Oh, you messed up. You messed up, buddy. How did how did we mess up?" So this guy's <laughs> name, this guy's name is Garen Winspear. Mm-hmm. And he says, he says, "Oh shit. <laughs> you you done killed like nine members of the Temple of Helm." <laughs> and I went, oh, no, I killed a bunch of ogres and whatnot, and who done it and who for. And I like really focused fired down that one guy who was definitely an ogre mage. <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 no. Look at the ground. He's not saying this, of course, but when you look at the equipment that has dropped, it is not demi human equipment. It is certainly like level night equipment. Yeah, it's level four night equipment. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they weren't even ready for this. Mm. And he's like, it, he's like, it, it, hey, buddy, it appears that you've been tricked the heck on up there, Buster. Mm-hmm. And lo, I had been tricked the heck on up. So this is why, where like a, a pretty big narrative dissonance begins with Balthazar. Because I didn't necessarily see the payoff 
of this beef that suppo- was supposed to exist between myself and Helm, and like the Helm's people. Mm. Did you did you get there? Yes. So the basic idea behind it is that you zone in. These mm-hmm. knights see you, and they think you are uh, ogres and demi-humans and whatnot. And they say, hey, we're wrecking your ship, bro. And you see the same thing, and you kill them. Okay? Mm-hmm. So this illusion, as, as Garen Winspear explains to you, this illusion was created by Lord Jirden Fearcrag because he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Just a complete asshole. And that's mm-hmm. it. And that's the whole thing. And so the idea is then that Garen Winspear takes you to his house. He says, wait right here. I'm going to go talk to my friends at the Temple of Helm. And I'm going to see if I can smooth this over. I saw what they saw. I saw that they looked like ogres and demi-humans. But in fact, they were not. So I'm going to explain this whole thing. Why Balthazar the Barbarian slew all of these knights. In this instance, they weren't just standing in his way. He had a legitimate reason. Mm. And then that that's it. That's the whole See, thing. See, I remember when Garen talked to me, I thought the tenor of the conversation is, oh man, you're in trouble with the Knights of Helm. You're in like big trouble, imminent trouble. No, I think his uh, his thing was, you are in trouble now. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you have now gotten yourself in trouble. That's how I took it. Yeah, but I just, it, it was a little weird because I th- when he said that, I thought, ooh, I might have to, like, do quests to redeem myself in the eyes of the Knights of Helm, yeah. right? Like, I thought that I would have to get myself out of trouble, and I never had to do that. No, he went and did it for you. Yeah, I, 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 a little bit of a misstep here. Like, like a very, very low, like, it introduced the idea of this malevolent force of Jirden Fearcrag, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's he's doing illusions. He's really messing with people's heads. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like I had to uh, actually get myself out of trouble with the Knights of Helm. Like, I feel like that should have been a larger part of of like like they them having beef with me, and then that way you like later on in the game they are still angry about this thing. Anyway, this sets the scene. Big baddie that is powerful enough to do all kinds of illusions, some real mutual illusion stuff. We've got uh, Mr. Windspear himself doing good work, trying to write our name. Um, but Mr. So other than the problem of his him misplacing the deed to his property, is that is that basically the the gist of it? Uh, well, like <laughs> his property burned down. Yeah, and then in the chaos of that, dot dot dot, things occurred. <laughs> Yeah, uncertainty. <laughs> uncertainty. And then Faircrag stole it, basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, but in addition to that, he's got another big problem, which is his daughter has been kidnapped. Yeah, so he leaves. He's like, I gotta mm-hmm. go smooth this crap over for you. And as yeah. soon as he leaves, this dude named, I have, I have his name written down here, this dude named Jum, J-U-M, Jum, mm-hmm. rolls in. And uh, Garen Winspear's daughter, Iltha, is in this cabin uh, with the party, with me. Yeah. And Jump says, hey, there's mercenaries on the way. And then as soon as he said that, she got dimension doored out. And then there was a mm-hmm. bunch of mercenaries who were in the cabin. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yo, we done, we done stole her. Yep. And then I murdered him. I did a big, I, I did a big old murder. Big problem. Mm-hmm. But I think, so, did you go directly to the manor after... Uh, after the uh, the altercation with the false demi-humans? Yeah, it takes you right there. Like, you have to go there right afterward. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're kind of... So, so after that, after she's stolen, I went outside because I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing. Sure. And then Joan was outside, and he said, here, I've got a little letter for you. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And he... Uh, oh yeah, he like gave me a little note that say it was a challenge from Furcrag, and it was like you come come get this girl, huh? So some real DM uh, railroady kind of stuff happening. At so the top. this didn't happen to me because I think I walked directly to the entrance of the of like the area, and I was like cut off at the pass by uh, Garen, really? who then yeah. updated me as to what happened. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So and that's a little that's another reason why it was some real weirdness because he just told me, "Oh, my my daughter's been kidnapped." Because I otherwise I was about to go into the area. 
Oh, then yeah, you would have gotten none of this additional information. Like, yeah. none of what I just said happened no. in your game. No. Oh. Yeah, th- so the, 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 the kidnapping happened off-screen for me. Yeah, you missed a whole big thing. There's a, there's a pretty cool fight like, with, like, a whole other evil party. Mm. Um, there's a little challenge from, from, from Furcrag, like I said. Uh, if you wander around enough, you can find a hole with a rock in it. Or, no. Dang. Yeah, a hole in a rock with gold in it. There we go. I got there. Well, I mean, I did the zone pretty thoroughly. I just did it in a particular where, way where I did the periphery, mm. and I did it clockwise, and I just went to the entrance first. So, dang. In any case, like, I, I, I got the gist. I knew, oh, this person's been kidnapped. That's, an, that's a reason why I need to go. That happened. But before we get into the into this dungeon area, uh, there's, there's, like, other stuff in this, in this zone. In the in the hills, yeah, I didn't do any of it. I forgot. You didn't do. You didn't, for, well, <laughs> the big forgot. the big thing is uh, is we get the payoff of as we mentioned earlier those those nymphs those nymphs that have been imprisoned in Irenicus's dungeon, and I basically just gave the acorns. I had to remember to like go back to my table with that unconscious man on Joaquin's promenade, mm-hmm. pick up the leave the unconscious man, uh, pick up the acorns. And, and and head over, and I gave the acorns to kind of the the nymph queen, and she uh, she saved those people. She saved the nymphs, and that was it. I don't I don't think there was anything special after that. Did you get like a cool weapon or anything? No, no, just some experience. Useless to you. Yep, because I, you were at the level cap. Mm, not not quite at the level cap, like almost. Hmm. Uh, I might be, actually. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I think at the end of this play session I was. Dang. Yeah, so probably not necessary. So mechanically, this game's not going to get very much more interesting for you. Mm, I mean, there's always uh, there's always the challenge of, I am still a single character. And there are, there are still sometimes encounters that are going to be engineered for a party of multiple people, right? Mm. So having to overcome those, but yeah, it's not going to get like individual like trash encounters are not going to get harder. Uh, they're already scaling as hard as they can get. So we're about to talk about that later when I talk about more adamantite golems. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what this looked like because this uh, this ended up being pretty hard for me. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Like not not super challenging. It didn't take me. This took me a little bit longer than most of the these dungeons. But also, I think this was a bigger dungeon than the last couple we've done, just in, yeah. in pure size and complexity. Um, so yeah, so you go into these like weird ruins. It kind of looks like a like a ruined temple on the outside, mm-hmm. and it's like classic level one of a dungeon cave level. Yep. There's like a little cave. There's some fungus in there. There's stalagmites, stalactites. Um, and in there, as soon as I zoned in, there was a dude named Chieftain Digdag. Oh, he, yeah, a little, uh, little hobgoblin fella. No, I think he's an orc. Interesting. So I know that he had hobgoblins in his party. Yes. I think mm-hmm. he had like a little um, uh, group. I, he was either that or he was like an, an orog. Is that what they're called? Ooh, that might be. Yeah, we need. We really need to brush up on our, uh, on our, like goblinoids and other demi We do. We do. Yeah. We just got to get very fine grained. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was like, of that set. Yeah, I believe. Anyway, so he he said something. I actually don't know what he said. Um, I didn't. I kind of clicked through it very quickly at the time, and he sent a bunch of orcs after me, and I chopped through them. Like, mm-hmm. the trash in this dungeon was destroyed by my party. I was living my own Balthazarian fantasy. That's good. So that may mean that you're really, the way the game's set up, it kind of may assume that you're doing Windspear Hills earlier, right? Because you get the first breadcrumb in the very first dungeon, and when you go to the Copper Coronet, your first hub, you get another one. So the game may kind of think, oh, you'll, you might go here relatively soon yeah i have no idea i really am curious about like what the ideal like what what the developer said and actually someone gave me a copy of the Baldur's gate 2 strategy guide 
mm -hmm. came out originally with the game, and maybe I'll look at that before next time to see like what interesting. Did the, what did what order did this game believe? Like in its pre-release existence, when they were working with the strategy guide makers to, you know, generate all this uh, best practices, what did mm -hmm. they think that we were supposed to do? Yeah. Anyway, so this is just kind of like a cave. Uh, there was a ruck here who's who's mm -hmm. kind of like a multiplanar being, I think, an extra planar being. He drops a ring of fire resistance. Yeah, I thought that was pretty sweet. That's uh, real good because the higher level you get. Like things are just going to hit you because their their they go so high. Mm -hmm. So it, it comes a point where the question is, well, what percentage of the damage can you just resist? What's the mitigation? Because avoidance kind of becomes very difficult. And once we get to throne of ball, I'm gonna take a wild guess here and say that fire resistance may be important. There's a lot of fire resistance stuff that appears in this dungeon too. There are vampiric spirits here. Yeah, those. Uh, I think that that uh, that priest of what was it, Talonus? Mm, yeah, T Talona. Talona. Yeah, that priest of Talona probably just a bunch of kind of aborted attempts at his uh, at his desire to make vampire ghosts. Oh, you think maybe, you think he was coming here, promulgated here? Yeah, he was just pooping them out, trying to make them go. Yeah, Windspear Hills isn't too far from uh, from Trade Meat. Not too far. Uh, and there's also, like, a very... I really like that this uh, this dungeon has, uh, like, treasure pools and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So there's just, like, a body of water, and you reach down in there, and if this were, like, a, a Gary Gygax-designed adventure, there's, like, a 40% chance that the uh, the slime at the bottom of that pool just crawls up your arm and eats it. Mmm... 2% chance that you gain psionic abilities. Yeah, you... I mean, you live forever now. <laughs> <laughs> it's some some real uh some real stuff so mm -hmm. but after this we get to like the dungeon proper and yeah. i i well i don't know if i enjoyed playing through all of this for the golem reasons that we'll talk about in a minute mm -hmm. um i do like the design of the basically the entirety of this yeah this had uh some aspects of this had some gygaxian aspects that i really appreciated and the first like the one of the first like is this dungeon Gygaxian? If you're at home and you're and you're trying to wonder, man, these people on Mages and Murder Dads, they keep dropping this term, and I can't really differentiate dungeons where they call them Gygaxian versus dungeons where they're not Gygaxian, and maybe they're module dungeons. How do I decide? One, first thing, does it have an Otyug in it? <laughs> does it have an Otyug in a place where, like, trash accumulates? Is there a mode of getting rid of trash? <laughs> and is, is it an Otyug? Is it a garbage disposal? Is that garbage disposal an Otyug? If yes, nine times out of ten, this is a Gygaxian dungeon. And I think maybe this is a, a good point to say that, like, the um, the scale... Like, we, we, we say Gygaxian a lot, right? Implying mm -hmm. that there are other modes. Mm -hmm. And I, the other mode is the Arnesonian, right? So so Gary Gygax versus or, or across the spectrum from Dave Arneson... Mm -hmm. um, who's the guy who who created kind of the more story oriented um, portions of D anD D is maybe the most charitable way of saying it. So when Gary Gygax was making chainmail and trying to figure out how you simulate medieval fighters hitting each other on a battlefield, at like on specific parts of their body and like how much damage it would do if a mace hit padded armor, that's mm -hmm. that's Gygax. That's the simulation. That's the world as a simulation. Uh, mm -hmm. Ooh, that's uh, and that's him driving by. <laughs> that's him. That's him. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, buddy. Uh, and on the other side is, is Dave Arneson, who whose uh, kind of motto in gaming was just try anything. Mm -hmm. uh, so if yeah. you wanted to be a superhero who rode a dragon around, well, Dave Arneson would figure out how to make that work. So you know, this is another indicator, right? Mm -hmm. If you have fallen into a pit, and. Uh, and you and you say the phrase, well, there has to be a way out of this pit because the game master wouldn't have designed a pit where there wasn't a way. And you're right, you're in an Arnesonian game. You're in a game that can be metagame because there's like probably like a narrative way to like get out of a situation because it's kind of been curated that way. If you are wrong, you might be in a Gygaxian game because no, this pit was engineered with no way out. You were going to die because of the slime. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's gonna yeah, so. it's gonna eat your bones. 
It's going to eat your bones. There's no way out. They've actually, because they've had one adventurer escape last month, they've greased the walls of the pit. So there's no, there's absolutely no way out. Yeah. And it was done by Borbuck the Orc. And he, he, he has the third bed from the door. And, and he was actually demoted, and that's the reason why he greased the walls. Is he he wasn't on guard duty. He's been he's been relegated to wall greasing now. Yeah, we will do a video at some point about Gygaxian versus Arnisonian <laughs> design. Uh, yeah, perhaps in our new podcast that we're going to be doing. Oh man, that's all we're I'm not going to say the name. We're not going to say anything. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to mm-hmm. say. Anyway, so we're there in this first room. Is a it's like a kill box. <laughs> yes, it is a. It really took me back to my my days where the only game that I was able to like run on my computer that I really liked was Dwarf Fortress, and I just brute force taught myself how to play Dwarf Fortress for a while. And every good Dwarf Fortress begins with a room like this, just a a, a horrible kill box with murder holes and archers and there's no way to get to the archers and they're just they're plinking you how did uh how did uh good old ticklevar handle this situation well i i maybe tell me how balthazar did it first well balthazar looked around and he was getting shot and they can't hit him and uh and then he just kind of like went to a door and it was locked and he just started smashing the door, and he kicked it open and he went through another room and there's another hallway and he like did that and then he smashed the the next door, and then he like found his way around, and he and and all, he killed a lot of people. I think that some of these orcs I w- was not quite able to access. I think some of I, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know. I might have missed a missed a room. I think they may like this. May, this probably wasn't totally Gygaxian because there would be a way. Like those orcs have to use the bathroom. No, how do they get there? There are hidden doors. There are there secret are doors. doors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but but so because you can see into where they are, they're just behind like bars or or something windows, I guess. Yeah. And uh, so I just summoned monsters <laughs> in, <laughs> in the, into those. I summoned like a fire elemental in there with them, and just let that bad boy go to town. I like opened up the doors and stuff too, but um, but plan number one was summon a fire elemental. You just straight up from our Dungeons and Dragons campaign pop a ghost pig into an inaccessible area, inaccessible area and just have them go hog wild. Look, in there. you give a character a <laughs> flying ghost pig, and mm-hmm. you just let it go wild. <laughs> I don't know what you wanted from me. That's true. That's true. That's all I could say. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like a. I don't know. It's just kind of like room by room, encounter by encounter. It's almost like the kind of stuff that we saw in Siege of Dragonspear, but just a lot more condensed and a lot less like meta game to your level. Sure, like like less balanced to the player's level. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah. So so we do these archer rooms, and then in the next room, there's a bunch of golems. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of leap motif of the of this level of the dungeon, I think. But yeah, in between every like set of encounters, there's just golems. Mm-hmm. And ha- so, tell me about like what what golems did you see here? Uh, there were large stone golems, but like the every golem encounter had like one adamantite golem. And adamantite golems are the biggest golems, and they have just this. Inc- they have the damage resistance where I will hit them. And it will say Balthazar hits for one in parentheses twenty one resisted, and you just plink away at these things. And it's a real, it's a real. It's it, I don't think that they ever necessarily pose like an existential threat to Balthazar, but it is a uh, like I, I think that you could definitely get kind of like whatever the golem version of seasonal affective disorder is, right? Where you're just it's an overexposure to golems, and mm-hmm. you kind of get bummed. You get bummed out. Well, what I what I'm confused about is like, what is the from a design standpoint? What is the reason you would put these in here? Like, they just hit. They hit. Like, they are an existential threat to to my party because mm-hmm. each individual party member can sustain like four hits from these things maximum. Yes. That, that's the most that one of my party members can take. And they're kind of engineered to just chew up and spit out magic users. Yeah, and so it's like. Like, this first golem one really hit me hard, and I actually didn't quite know how to do it, because the adamantite golem can't come through the door, so I couldn't even get, like, around it. You know what I mean? I couldn't get, like, a multi, 
uh, directional attack going with my melee users. Mm, so you, this is the first time you've run into an adamantite golem because it's just stock in the dungeon. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think I, I think I've seen one before. Mm. But in any case, this is the first time, certainly, that I've seen more than one. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I ended up having to summon like a bunch of like an air elemental and like a couple a couple fire elementals into that hallway. To like mm. weed out some of the golems to then get at the big golem. It was more like it was more like a spacing and like size issue than anything else. It was really weird. Mm. Not my favorite. Yeah, it was awkward, especially because when you look at the map of this area, it's a lot of small rectangular and square rooms. Yeah. Yeah. There's just not a lot of room to maneuver, and it's not like it's not the height of tactical positioning because you or maybe it is maybe it is because there there it is so constrained and you've really got to make those inches count mm, i guess mm. so off from this this is kind of like a t intersection i guess yeah or it's like a cross intersection mm-hmm. and uh to the left there's a there's an orc in there and his name is Durg the orc did you talk to okay him? did you talk to him Durg the orc so was this the was this where you found a troll cook? No, this is on the other side. This oh, is the other, other side from the thing. So, oh, okay. Well, Dirk the orc is just an orc who's there, and he's like, "Hey, please do not kill me." And I was like, "Well, why? Why shouldn't I kill you?" And he said, "I didn't. I didn't want to eat that." This is the actual quote: "I didn't want to eat children or kick old people. It's just my job." <laughs> he's literally using the Eichmann defense. <laughs> Damn. In, in Baldur's Gate 2, the weirdest, uh, the weirdest instance of, of real-world uh, philosophical disagreement and war crime prosecution mm-hmm. I've ever seen implemented into a Baldur's Gate game. So eat children and kick old people. Yeah, those don't really seem equivalent. I'll be no, honest. it seems like, uh, like you're talking about a, a level, a DEFCON 1 and like a DEFCON 20. You think maybe not 20, think maybe 20, like 11. Yeah, yeah maybe 11. Yeah. What about the troll cook? Did you talk to the troll cook? I, I did. Uh, I did uh, talk to the troll cook, and he uh, he wanted uh, he wanted to cook me up, and I said no, and then he called for help. That was uh, that was kind of the troll cook's life. Well, I liked his like whole thing. He was like, "It's because as soon as I walked in, he was like, well, okay, get on the grill.'" <laughs> I was like, "I don't want to do that." And he said, well, you have to get, how can we eat you if you don't get on the grill? And I said, I don't want to. And he said, then why did you sign up for this job? And I said, Everybody's I about their job in here, aren't they? Yeah, there's a, there's a weird thing where it was like, all right, so we're going to have two hardest balls encounters with, with golems, okay? Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have like two lighthearted jokes about jobs, because that's going to spice it up for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he says, literally, he says, get them, boys. And like a bunch of hobgoblins jumped out. Damn. And, and then right next to the kitchen, <laughs> where you would have, like, the waste, you got the waste disposal in there. Yeah, there's an ot yog in there. And I killed it, and then I immediately regretted having done so. Because mm, it was just doing its job. It's just doing its job. How can you be mad at that? <laughs> there's, a, there's another room in here kind of close by. I might be skipping ahead. There's just, like... You gotta have in the in in the Dungeons and Dragons encounter book. Gotta have a room with just a bunch of undead for some reason. Just in the a, middle of this like orc, you know, office complex. Just a shitload of vampires. <laughs> That's what I had. Did you have vampires? Yeah, I had like wraiths too and mm. like, uh, spooky guys. I think I only had vampires. Yeah, they're just in there. They're just chilling out, level draining my fire elemental. It's a real. You, I have to uh, just reload. If you get level like drained? If I, if I get, yeah, it's just the amount of time it would take to, like, <laughs> roll out and do restoration. It's way too long. Just reload. Just, like, do the encounter until you don't get hit. My uh, my Viconia has, like, four instances of lesser restoration mm. uh, memorized at all times. Playing, I, uh, playing on easy mode. Well, I just hate that. So <laughs> might as well just stock up, you know? Sure. That's sure. what magic is for. Mm-hmm. So we meet this person named Samia? Samia? Sure. I don't know. She's this adventurer. She says she's uh, searching for the tomb of King Strom III of Tethyr. And I guess that is what this complex is. 
there you go. It's a little environmental storytelling, but she, I, I kind of uh, picked. She was kind of portraying herself as, as a kind of an archaeologist of, of sorts, like she's looking for an artifact of some kind. Yeah, an archaeologist who was part of another royal family of Tethyr too. Mm. That's kind of how she was portraying herself. That's right, because she, uh, in order. She kind of wants this evidence in 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 a. I kind of got a similar vibe as the trade meat royal families, like they, they like it's a part of their posterity of some kind, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, so she basically says, "Hey, I, I gotta I gotta like get this artifact. I, I need this this book, and uh, in order to do that, I gotta go through this area. Why can't she like do it herself? Oh, because she's an elf." Right? It has to do with her race, doesn't it? So, yeah, I think it has more to do with her, uh, her like, royal heritage than, than actual race stuff. It's very unclear, and she kind of plays it fast and loose. And, I, I mean, there's a reason for that that we'll talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, yeah, did you, did you help this person? Yeah. <laughs> I, I did. So, yeah, so there was, like, a maze. And even on your map, it says beginning of maze. <laughs> and I wasn't yeah. super excited about that, I'll be honest. No, they, they really, uh... They they didn't design this for Kunzelman because you're you're not going to get Kunzelman's mouth watering by marking on a map beginning of maze. No, but you might as well write entrance to sewer. If if Kunzelman is at like a corn maze, you'd better make sure he doesn't have like a like a scythe with him because he will just like wreck that corn maze to get through with it. I would never ever ever go near a corn maze. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so, so it, it's less a maze and more of, like, a series a of grid. tricks. It's kind of a grid with a bunch of, yeah, there's, there's traps, and in order to solve this, you have to collect the, all of the different parts of the death mask of King Strom III. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool, I guess, like the quote-unquote maze part of it, because it's basically just hallways with a lot of false doors. Yes. And if you click on the false doors, then you uh, then a trap goes off, and it's like a fireball or a, a f- cone of flame or whatever. Um, pillar of flame. And you are able to completely solve this by looking at the map, because you can very easily tell the difference between a false door and a real door, because yes. you will see, like, if it's a real door, you'll see the uh, kind of the leakage of the, the hallway between rooms. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. You can, like, see a little bit into the fog of war, and that's just kind of what I did. And I went from thing to thing, and inside of each there is a guardian, and the guardian, each of these guardians is holding a piece of the mask. There are six pieces of the masks, you're just finding six doors to open, and, uh, you know, you're doing that business. But here's the here's the real uh, thinker slash conundrum that, that Danny and I talked about before this episode began. The guardians have the physical manifestation, the physical model of a genie. Yes. Now there are two models of a genie. We, mm-hmm. we we will clarify this. In one model there are legs, and in the other model it is there there are no legs, and you get you have the the Robin Williams genie, or like kind of the classical genie of just kind of like a uh, a ghost like tail, like a Casper tail, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have seen genies with both, like we and we have labeled them as such on the genie counter, mm-hmm. right? Because one of the genies, like the head genie in Trade Meat, that was those running that that monopoly, they, he had legs. I guess when you when you get to be like that, the head honcho genie, you get you get legs. Um, so the question here is: Are these gar- does the genie count go up six or not? Like right? Mm-hmm. So, what's our decision? here? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Because I don't think that I, I think that in order to be a genie, it, by like to to hit the 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 uh, threshold for going mm-hmm. into the genie counter, you have to be sentient, mm. and that's just purely arbitrary on my part. But I think that these are constructs and not genies. I think mm-hmm. they they look like genies, they might sound like genies, they might taste like genies. I don't think they're genies. Interesting. So here's here's the here's maybe this is the the reason why we did not do a big question, right? In Dungeons and Dragons and in kind of earth folklore, can you not make an argument 
that genies are a a, a construct-like being which is bound to a physical object, such as a lamp, right? And it does the bidding of mortals, much like a construct. It is it, can, it is oftentimes tasked with guarding a thing, usually a physical object. Well, These n- things are guardians. No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going So, what your argument is? Classical definition of genie in D and D, which is oftentimes delinked from the whole genie and the lamp story. Well, is no, that, would that be appropriate? Well, in both cases, in, in both like uh, Middle Eastern, like Fertile Crescent mythology slash, well, no, just mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, and in D and D, they have existence beyond like the lamp or the object or or the thing they're doing, right? So in D and D, they are literally denizens of the plane of air, sure. Who get lured here or trapped here or whatever, and they get stuck in the lamp or in, in whatever, and then they're forced yeah. to do stuff. And it's because of like some complicated social construct they have. In the same way that giants have an ordaining, the genies have their own social structure and agreements and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That leads them to get trapped into agreements with humans, in the same way that in my like uh, in the Arabian Nights style, genies are just like demons who are just doing shit that they want to do. And in the same way, in like Christian mythology, you can uh, you know get stuck in a deal with the devil, right? Like sure. so, you know, like the story of Job, right? And like the weird devil and God uh, bet that happens in that, and how mm-hmm. everyone kind of uh, plays by the rules. Um, and that's the same way that genies function in the Arabian Nights as well. So I, I think in that, like, they have uh, sentience and self-determination and anger at the people who make them do things. I don't think these guardians have any of that. Well, this is, but they're guarding this thing. I mean, it seems entirely possible that they are genie-like beings which have been tasked with, okay, well, King Strom's uh, court wizard has just bound you to this place to guard a piece of his death mask for whatever reason. And that's just what you're doing. Hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I, I do agree that this would be better solved with external information. Sure. I mean, I, I always have, uh, a walkthrough open when we're, when we talk, uh, like in retrospect of a, of a, you know, a level mm-hmm. or a, an area we do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, not to, I, I'm not promoting, and I'm not not promoting, because I've also used this site uh, plenty, but Sorcerers.net does say, in parentheses, after Guardian, a sort of genie. Hmm. Now, I don't know how definitive that is. Hmm. Do, I, do you want me to get the official strategy guide right now? We may need to, we oh, may need to do get that. It. I'm going to get it. Yeah. According to the official strategy guide, here in my hands, this is what it says. Acquire all six parts of the burial mask from the from the gin scattered throughout, mm. and the mask will put itself together automatically. Do you know what that means? I guess they're genies. The ge- <laughs> the genie count just went up six. That's a lot of genies. That's a lot. So you can it's a lot do of like, editing. I have to do. Boop 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 boop. Um. Well. Okay. <laughs> well, you did that. And then you got the burial mask, and you go in there, and for me, it summoned a big-ass fire elemental that I had to kill with my Same. own fire elemental. <laughs> just uh, They didn't just uh, wail on each other for eternity, un, un, you know, utterly incapable of harming each other? No, they can beat each other up. <laughs> this, mm-hmm. is not, this is not some lollygagging they do in the elemental plane of fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's like a helmet you can get here? Is this where I yeah, got the helmet? Yeah, so this is... No, this is uh, a sword and shield. You get a sword and a shield, and they're both... Uh, one's called the Dragon Slayer. It's a long sword. It deals double damage to dragons, which... I, when I picked up a, and a Dragon Scale Shield, which gives you like a bunch of bonuses against like fire attacks, mm-hmm. I don't know. It made me wonder. It made me wonder about this dungeon. Well, Did were, it for you? Were you paying attention to the story? Um, the, the Guardian story that they were telling? Mm, they were yeah they were kind of given bits and pieces right yeah the the basic gist of it is that uh there was a place that was attacked um that was being attacked by the drow this is how i took it this is you know when someone in the comments can can flesh out the story for me there was a, a, a fight between humans and drow and a dragon came in and was wailing on the drow and perhaps in um in either betrayal or in, in a, an attempt to get one over on the dragon 
King Strom saw the weakened scale, kind of Beowulf style. He saw like the mm. the weakened part of uh, of the dragon and then struck for it, and and maybe struck maybe didn't kill the dragon, but got close to killing the dragon. But he himself was also killed. Mm. So this was kind of his legend, and I guess the reason he was able to actually attack that dragon is because all the shit he had on him. Yeah, and you can pick up a dragon helm uh, later in the dungeon uh, in a well if you, like, click a pulley several times. Yeah, that, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. So, so yeah, so that's the other way. If you don't go into the maze... Oh, well, let, let, let's finish here first. Sure. You get all this stuff out, and lo and behold, uh, Samia, uh, whatever her name is, she shows up, she's right there, and she says, Hey, uh, give me all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it turns out uh, the the people we were helping were actually just like jerks. They were just bad. It seems like the good guys were the bad guys the whole time. Ah, uh. mm-hmm. And uh, this was particularly sad for me because uh, uh, one of my people got off a dominate spell and then paralyzed that entire party, and I just <laughs> hacked them down while they were paralyzed. Ooh, yeah, it was some real medieval shit. Um. So yeah, so if you go the other way from the from the maze, um, there's some corridors. I, there were some greater wolf wares there for some reason, mm-hmm. um, and then there was like this little area um, with the the pulley, like you're saying, this little well, and mm-hmm. the, it came up, and there was a sweet dragon helmet in there, and there was also oh, yeah. um, a uh, air elemental for some reason. Sure, and so I had to fight it. I had to fight that bad boy. And all of this kind of, a lot of dungeon stuff, you got orogs, you got wolfwares, more golems, god forbid we go three rooms without a golem. Yeah, golems um, everywhere here. Um, you meet back up with Chieftain Digdag mm-hmm. from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also... Oh, oh wait, before, before you say this, let's, let's bated breath here mm-hmm. before this big reveal. Uh, did you see these minions who were supposed to clean the golems? Did you get this little story thing? I don't think so. There were like three dudes who were, there's like a troll and a hobgoblin and like a human. And the human is like, you're, sp- you're supposed to be cleaning the master's golems. <laughs> and they're like, well, we're, we're, we're doing it. We're, I'm a troll and he's a hobgoblin. Like, what do you, what do you want from us? And the guy's like, oh, the master is going to be so mad. And he turns into a greater werewolf and it just starts beating him up. Damn. Yeah, and so there was like a little hidden door, and I went through the hidden door, and you know what was behind that fucking thing? What was that? Adamantite golem. Of course. <laughs> and so I had to like fight more adamantite golems, but I just love the idea that there was like a guy like giving them what for back there, and it's like this little troll who was just like, hey, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just a little cleaning guy. Millennials would be so much more productive if all of their supervisors were greater wolf wares. Oh, do you think so? Well, yeah, they just don't have that kind of material incentive to excel at their work now. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you, you want to work forty hours and then just go home? Well, not when there's a greater wolfware threatening your life if you do that. If you're a boss, you if your boss could throw off his skin <laughs> like yesterday's laundry and just start ripping your throat out with his hands and mouth, you'd stay <laughs> for ten more hours. You'd put in the extra work. You'd go get drinks after work with your boss. You'd put in the time to mm-hmm. make them know that you care about your job. Yeah. I mean, the greatest generation didn't have to have that, but you know. The greatest generation were all wolf wares, actually. <laughs> That's how they were able to <laughs> that accomplish was their so secret. much. Every 100% of them. Yeah, they regenerate oh, uh, 1d8 hit points per turn. That's how they went to space. That's how they went to space. That's how we survived uh, Pearl Harbor and Normandy. Yeah, yeah. Normandy was fought exclusively by wolf wares. After we meet Chief Digdag, I had to slay Chief, Chief Digdag. I didn't really want to. He's got a super sweet name. But there is a door, and you open that door, and uh, your best friend's back there, huh? I can't believe this, because I have specifically traveled back in time to eliminate this jerk. This complete... Oh, this this pile of excrement known as Tazok, the half the half ogre. Tazok is here. Tazok is here. He, it's the same model too, which is very. Funny. It's this exact same model, and he's up to no good. 
I, I guess he's up to no, it's unclear what he's up to well why is he even here it's real so he does give a little bark at the beginning mm-hmm. where he he recognizes me oh yeah he recognizes me and he says look you don't want to mess with me because you remember how I was working for some like real jerk before well I'm working for like the biggest most powerful jerk now and you better just like check yourself before you get wrecked. And and Balthazar is just like his immediately his pupils become pinpricks because the old the, the biggest insult to Balthazar is to not be dead when you when you were killed in a previous game and when he made a special episode about killing you, right? So Tezok is no more. For, for the second time. Yeah, I even asked Tezok. Because there's a line where you can say, didn't I fight you underneath Baldur's Gate? And he was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> pay, pay no attention to that. Fight me now. Yeah. So, um, but an interesting, uh, in terms of what is he doing? Well, he drops some, like, stuff, and he also drops a sewer key. So that's something we could talk about later and maybe speculate about what he was up to. Yeah, I think we're going to have an episode sometime in the future. Maybe we'll do this next episode. Maybe this will mm-hmm. be a, a appropriate. We'll we'll talk about it. But where we where we just kind of clean up a few loose ends all around before the we world. move out of before we move out of uh, out of the chapter. I here. think I think maybe so, and and we'll we'll talk about that. But I do believe, and and on that key, it does say this is not from the area in from which you found it. Yeah, like if you read the little item description. Hmm. So, uh, um, uh, what is her name? What is the, yeah. what is her, uh, Ilfa. I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't come up with it. Ilfa I can't is, imagine why not. Yeah, it's not a, not a great name, not a great fantasy name. Uh, she's here in this room. She's, uh, caught, uh, in a cage of, of mm-hmm. loneliness and despair. Uh, it's purely metaphorical. It's no. also real. Yeah, it's, it's also a, a very real cage that, I, despite our ability to travel the planes and murder like cult demon beings and uh and really do anything we want we can't open this this cage door yeah i can summon multiple (laughs) giant flaming beings from the elemental plane of fire um i can call down a giant column of flame from heaven Mm -hmm. um but but i can't but i can't bend bars if only this were first edition, I had access to bin bars mm. um, and lift gates. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. one stat. Um, but anyway, so she says, hey, there's a wizard hanging out around here. And uh, that wizard's got the key to this. So I said, oh, damn it, all to hell. <laughs> <laughs> and, so I, and I went down there. It says, to, I think the thing says to layer. Mm. Like the little little uh, map thing. And I clicked on to layer. And I went down some stairs, and lo and behold, there is Lord Jiridin Faircrag. What's he up to? Well, he he ain't the how I remember him. I'll say that. Well, in my memory, he was wearing golden pantaloons and a funny plumed hat. <laughs> yeah. No, he's a he's a giant red dragon. He is a giant red dragon. Did you, so so. Uh, of course, you were talking about before. There's all this uh, anti-dragon gear mm-hmm. that's all over this zone. Um, but also, what I really like is that the the very beginning in the cave, uh, there's a big kind of like hole over to the left with a little like um, a pay attention to me tooltip on it. You know that gives you more information. And if yeah. you if you click that, it says this hole. It appears that some being has dug and burned its way down through the ground here mm. and that's when i was like oh this must be a dragon mm. Mm. but good good uh good story stuff so fur craig is down there and he's a real big uh jerk face huh yeah so he goes into full uh kind of maniacal villain mode right where he reveals his grand plan with respect to uh wind spears deed and like keep and land basically so what is fear craig's kind of plan here i didn't get a plan (laughs) 
I didn't. I, like I, what what I like about Furcrag as a as a, as a uh, character is that this is like the most perfect distillation of a dragon I've ever seen. I think in the game, mm-hmm. like he's just like arch and evil, and like has the most fragile ego that one could ever imagine, and he will pursue any slight until uh, that that person is destroyed. Sure. And so, so that's kind of the thing, I guess, like, uh, or not, I guess, um, Windspear did something to him. Yeah. Some slight thing, like in a battle, I think. And so then he, uh, came back and pursued him and basically ruined his life. I mean, divested him of land and property. Made it his life goal to just, uh, ruin Windspear's day. Mm -hmm, Because dragons live, you know, for thousands of years. So So, yeah, they don't care. There's no such thing as a petty dragon. No. By definition, yeah, they're they're just that's just who they are. So this dialogue is interesting because Fear Crag, like the way the dialogue's made, it's like, hmm. So uh, I think he he basically like gives you the key, right? He says, "Oh, you can release the girl." Well, he says uh, you have to go get your the key from my minion. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, it's this mage called Conster, and like Conster teleports back up there. So he's like basically. If you want to leave this room right now and go get that key from that mage and let her go, you can go do that. Mm-hmm. More power to you. Because uh, he kind of thinks you're below him. And once he said that, Balthazar's eyes just turned white. And <laughs> and then said, and then like started goading Fearcrag. And then Fearcrag did the one thing that you can never do to Balthazar. He told me what to do. You can't, said, you can't tell Balthazar what to do. You can't tell Balthazar what to do. Balthazar goes into a barbarian rage, and he attacks this dragon. Like, you cannot initiate combat through dialogue. You must manually do so. So I didn't do that. And, and we'll, we, will, we will follow right back up with that <laughs> in two seconds. So I, I um, got more information. Like, why... You know, Windspear uh, must have slided the dragon. That's okay. What did I do? What did I ever do to a dragon? You know, that's the big question. And lo and behold, you find out that Gorion, years before he'd even met uh, Khalid and Jahira, remember, because they were like bros for a while. They were all in the Harpers. Yeah. Gorion, like, did something so small, like he subtweeted Fearcrag <laughs> at one point. That's no, basically... he, he actually fought Fearcrag. Like, to give oh. to give Gorion credit, <laughs> Jahira, who was in my party, says, oh, yeah, Gorion told us about how they really embarrassed a dragon one time. <laughs> so, so they, like, made him, like, they, like, put a bag of flaming poop on his, uh, on his front <laughs> lawn, and he had to stomp it out. Like, that <laughs> level of, of embarrassment, I guess. And so, uh, so yeah, so he's like, so, um, you know, I, I thought I would ruin your life, but now that I figured out that you are in this big thing with John Irenicus, remember the plot to this game? Yeah. You remember that, like, years ago when when, this, yeah. when we cared about the plot of this game? Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, now that you're involved in that, I think I'll just let that shit go. <laughs> he's like, that seems complicated enough. <laughs> yeah and so then- i still i still can't get over the eye because garion i can never imagine him young so i still imagine <laughs> him somewhat like on the older side right so it's not like his youthful teen ain't, ain't antics he's still like a retired man yeah he's right? 65 like years his, old yeah he's 65 years old <laughs> And he's just, and he's just uh, like shouting over a battlefield or through a lair, like "Get owned, fear crag, <laughs> get bent," <laughs> and then like running down a t- down a, uh, a like a small tunnel that's too small for fear crag to uh, follow him. As fear crag like howls as his uh, as his like shower water is too hot. Or oh, <laughs> the, mo- the the most horrifying thing. Yeah, no, it's that level of like. <laughs> thing right and so i was like look i'm not gonna do anything to you now for crag this is where our two paths diverged Mm. i said i'm not gonna do anything now but i'm coming back for you in the future and the writing for fur crag is very good here because he says this is a quote it does not interest me until the future becomes now and i thought that was pretty sweet that is good so i like went out and i killed the mage and i saved the daughter and then i got the hell out of here but you 
went toe-to-toe with the most powerful dragon in this game. I went toe-to-toe with him, and immediately that mage teleports up to help. That's a bummer. Yeah, the the, the mage is the mage uh, the mage pops in, makes an appearance. Um, but uh, yeah, short work of this of this thing. Really, in all honesty. Yeah, I think at this point I may have been max level. Just uh, clubbed on him a couple times and you died. Well, I had that uh, I had that plus two longsword, which deals double damage. Right. Mm. Yeah, it's a real. And, like, I, I, I went ahead, I had, like, two extra uh, skill pips. Mm-hmm. Went ahead and, like, put some in Longsword. Because I also think it's going to, I also think for, for reasons we can get into much later, I think that it'll be very helpful for me to have uh, some pips in Longsword when it comes to defeating the most powerful enemy in this game. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, what did you get from destroying Farcrag? Did he have, like, some sweet dialogue as his dying breath? No, I think he. I think he ate dirt. I think he. <laughs> I think he fell down on the ground as Balthazar, as Balthazar foresaw it. <laughs> I have. I have foreseen it. Mm-hmm. You. You will fall into the ground and you will eat dirt. I mean, and, yeah, he did. He did eat dirt. And uh, he dropped red dragon scales, which you can uh, fashion into red dragon scale armor, which Balthazar cannot wear. Mm. Balthazar can wear black dragon scale armor, but not red dragon scale. Mm. Red dragon scale is plate. Black dragon scale is apparently splint. So way to go, Cromwell. Like, <laughs> that's, that's obvi- that is not a scale problem. That is a blacksmith problem. Mm-hmm. Um. Drops uh, some other loot and also drops the most powerful weapon in the game. What is that? Karsamir plus five. Mm. So Karsamir plus five is a uh, it is a two handed sword, and it is it has plus fifty percent magic resistance. So like every time somebody casts a spell at you, just fifty percent chance it does not work out. That's right? pretty good. That's real good. You can, in, and the times that it does work, dispel magic three times a day. Or just use the dispel magic on, like, that, you know, lich that's that's messing with you to get rid of its stone skin or what have you, right? Mm-hmm. Plus five damage to chaotic evil opponents. Dispels magic automatically when the sword strikes an opponent. So the dispel magic three times a day are just when you, like, can't be bothered to walk over and hit them. So it's, like, pretty good. Plus five. It's a plus five weapon. It's one d twelve plus five. Usable by characters with fourteen strength or more, mm-hmm. and paladins. Just paladins, huh? Just paladins. Is there a paladin? Qu- oh, because this is the paladin stronghold, perhaps? No, because that's the warrior stronghold. I don't know. I don't get it. Mm. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Does not make a lot of sense to me, but yeah. So it's uh, it's it's a rough time. You don't do you do you have a paladin in your party? Nope. No, there you go. Well, you have that look to look forward to. Mm, I probably will never kill this dragon. Mm. I mean, I'm gonna try real hard, but uh, try real hard. Just the statistical likelihood of it occurring is very small. Mm-hmm. You might. You, the thing is, I think you would need to pick up loot from Watcher's Keep, and I don't know if you're going to do that. Well, you know, I might just do like most of the next uh, part of this game, and then come on back. Mm, there you go. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I think that's that's it. So so we rolled out of there, and we went back to uh, uh, Windspear, and he said, "You did a damn good job, my buddos. Get the heck out of here." And then I left. Yeah, don't don't and and that was when he told me, "Hey, I took care of the uh that that uh Guardians of Helm thing. So, you don't have to worry about that." Yeah, so what did they finally tell you? So for me, because I had not killed Furcrag, they were like, "Oh, yeah, it seems like this is partially over, but it but there's still like a dark pall over this region because Furcrag's still around." Mm-hmm, did he get mm-hmm. to like assert his rights as a former baron? So this is in fact a uh So when you go back to the Windspear Hills and you have killed Fearcrag, uh, like he does, he doesn't meet you with the normal, um, with the normal level of uh, how how do we say disappointment. Mm-hmm. Like he's a little bit, he's a little bit. Oh well, this this is definitely not over. 
Yeah, if you kill Fear Crag, Garen is super happy, and he just says, uh, good job. And I kind of conflated the fact that he sicked the, or like called off the hit on my life from Helm. Like mm-hmm. I conflated that with me doing a good job, but it may very well be that he would have done that no matter what. This will, uh, so if you are a paladin, mm-hmm. uh, Garen will suggest that you speak with uh, the people in the Radiant Heart mm. back in Athkatla, and there is a separate paladin stronghold quest that is separate from the priest or like cleric quest and the warrior quest. Gotcha. And th- so this will give you a breadcrumb to there. Um, you you want me to tell you what it says in the official strategy guide? What's that? It says, uh, when you return to Garen Windspear after saving Iltha and eliminating Furcrag, each enemy in your, or each character in your party will receive 44,500 XP. Enemy owned. Whoa. Enemy what owned. Date of, what is the date of that guide? Um, I don't know. Is that that like contemporaneous? It's like early Yeah, 2000? yeah, yeah. Whoa. Time is a f- yeah. time is a flat circle. I mean, uh, seventeen years ago, this very day, you could have been owning enemies in this video game. Enemy owned. Was there an exclamation mark? There, there was, and it was all in italics. Enemy owned. Well, this was episode twenty-eight. If you like this, if you if you enjoyed, we kind of we kind of went off the rails a little bit in this episode, but uh, I think it think it's a, a fun and positive time. Uh, you can hit the like button, that little thumbs up at the bottom, that helps us a lot, and you can hit the subscribe button. We're trying to get beyond a thousand followers so youtube will send us a check for a million dollars yeah and if you have not subscribed you should subscribe what the hell are you doing what are you do you are at episode 28 come on come on i mean hey very dedicated to click that link every time um, it's so much subscribe. easier when you subscribe it's so it's much so easier. much easier it's so you're convenient. having to do all this extra work it's a lot of extra work. Automate that. Uh, you can follow us both on Twitter. You can see that down in the description. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. You can hit the little like on Facebook and join over a hundred other people who enjoy receiving the content th- via the Facebook page fairly consistently. Um, feel definitely leave a comment if there's anything we didn't see or we didn't talk about or things we misunderstood or things we understood too well. Please leave us a big long comment. We'd love to read those. Uh, if you want to support the show on Patreon, you can do that. There's a link in the description that would help us out a lot. We're making a lot more content. We're making a lot more different kinds of content over uh, over the next couple months. Um, and we've made some kind of like big monetary investments in that. And if you like uh, where we're going with all the stuff that we make, then you can you can be part of that. It's all kinds of fun. Boom. Boom. All right. Well, I'm Cameron. And I'm Danny. And this was Mages and Murder Dads. Have a good one. A wonder.